Teddy Brosvold coming at you, episode 32, Thursday, October 27th. There's so much going on, folks. Let's get right into it. Um, Saul Linsky, Rules for Radicals, the Democrat playbook, number one. One of the top three rules is always accuse your opponent of that of which you are guilty. And the number one thing these assholes keep repeating is that if the Republicans win, we're going to destroy democracy um, and your life is going to be a lot harder. When in fact, they're the ones destroying democracy. Just look at their actions. Look at what they're doing with cheering. They cheered on the violence. In fact, Nancy Pelosi said, I think we could use more people in the streets. Just look at the death count and dollar amount. January 6th is the most overhyped. They're just they're using that as a bludgeon, as a weapon to just beat you over the head with it in the media. January 6th, January 6th, January 6th. No one cares about it. The optics didn't look great. But QAnon shaman was not moments away from becoming president of the United States. There was no weapons. He walked in, he was like, FNA dudes, you guys are patriots. Come on. They're weaponizing the FBI to go after everyone in Trump's orbit. And I told you they were going to go after Trump every single day, every, every 48 hours. I mean, city, state, federal, you got Manhattan prosecutor DA Alvin Bragg. Starting jury selection in the Trump case this week. They did a three-year investigation. The, cr- the criminal trial, all this stuff is against the company. Trump organization. And uh, it wasn't run by Trump. All this stuff has happened since Trump gave full control of the company to his kids, Don Jr. and Eric. They run the day-to-day operation. So it says the Trump organization is accused of helping top executives avoid income tax with rent-free apartments and cars. Well, Trump owns buildings. Trump owns buildings with luxury apartments. So I'm pretty sure a perk for an exec would be, hey, you get a a free place. You get a rent-free at Trump's place. So they're saying it was... A million dollars? Well, if he gave nine executives $10,000 a month apartments, which isn't really that much in New York, that's a million dollars. Nine executives get $10,000 a month apartments. That's a million dollars. They are saying that, that, that that was illegal. So Trump's not charged with anything. He's not testifying. He's not attending The fine is $1 million. And now they're saying they could use this legal cloud as a justification for for getting Trump removed from managing a golf course in the Bronx. That's how petty these people are. I don't know if you remember, Trump built a skating ring, ice skating ring. There was something going on and it was just taking way too long. And Trump goes, you know what? Let me take control of it. I'll get it done and I'll do it on my dime. And he got it done, did it on his dime, and it was a slam dunk. And everyone said, thanks, what what a great guy Trump is. And with the golf course, it was, it's, it's, 
Trump does a great job of managing it. No one's ever complained. They just don't like the name Trump associated with anything going on in New York. So they're, 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 they're trying to throw this garbage out. Um, they're saying Alan, you know, that Alan Weisselberg got a $1.7 million apartment, two Benzes and school tuition. For that, he's going to spend five months in Rikers and pay $2 million in fines. So he's the one who's going to testify. He's not expected to implicate Trump or any family member. He's going to say he set it up. So the AP says, oh, this threatens to chip away at the gold plate of facade of Trump's empire. Because then you got Letitia James with a $250 million civil suit. Um, there was the hearing for the independent monitor. That's coming up on Halloween. Court hearing for the independent monitor on Friday night or Friday afternoon to oversee the Trump organization's activities. After Trump set up Trump Org 2 with a Roman numeral instead of the middle finger emoji. Last week, Trump had to give deposition in the E. Jean Carroll case from the 90s. Where she claimed he raped her. She looks like Edith Bunker. They claimed Trump raped a young Edith Bunker 30 years ago. I, I What, statute of limitations doesn't exist anymore? Maybe, I guess not in a civil suit. So it's fun. She 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 only popped up in what twenty sixteen and in you know August September October and no one really paid attention to her then. No one really gave it a lot of a lot of credence. And now she magically pops up. Hey, deposition! Isn't it isn't it crazy how all these cases are all lining, and the timing, state, local. You know, city, state, you got Alvin Bragg, Letitia James. You've got the Georgia um, and North Carolina people um, saying they wanted to put like Lindsey Graham on the stand. They want to get Mark Meadows now. It looks like that's going to happen. Meanwhile, the FBI continues to investigate the docs from Mar-a-Lago. Gee, do you think the FBI is going to find something to announce? Oh, you know they are. You know they are. We've got 12 days left. So you've got a serial grand jury in Georgia investigating if Trump and others tried to influence the state elections. And then last Friday, you had the January 6th committee taking the extraordinary step of issuing a subpoena to Trump. And then you couple that with Steve Bannon getting thrown in jail for four months. You get... um, how many other people? Wasselberg's going to Rikers. The Mike Lindell? The censorship? They banned Teddy Roosevelt for uh, talking about ivermectin and Paxlovid every single day. I'm proving more right. I mean, if I had the legal means, I would sue the crap out of Twitter before Elon takes the keys. But it looks like he's grabbing the keys tomorrow. Walked in at Twitter headquarters with a sink. I can't believe that's happening. It's, is, is it really going to happen? So I'm hoping he reinstates. You know, what what level? Do they have a, a level assigned? Because I would love to have Elon like, why? What what did he do? We, we just didn't like what he was saying. 
The censorship's really creepy. And with COVID, I mean, the gaslighting, this is really going to be a referendum. The Oz Fetterman, I'll go into that in a second. But the CDC director, Dr. Lewinsky, got COVID one month after she got the bivalent booster. One month after. That was her fifth shot. Third booster shot. She got the first two fully vaxxed. That's what they said, fully vaxxed. No, you're not fully vaxxed. You have to be up to date to be fully vaxxed. So she had to get shot number three, four, gets five, then gets COVID 30 days. Then then lectures everyone, make sure you've got to get up to date to get, you know, give me a break. Don't tell me natural immunity is good. And they're finally admitting and all the studies, they're finally admitting the studies show what I've said the whole time. And which anyone says, it doesn't take an epidemiologist or an immunologist. Sorry, epidemiologist. It doesn't take an immunologist to figure out natural immunity is better. They used to have chicken pox parties. So you wouldn't have to get it. So who is destroying democracy right now? The Democrats cheering the violence, gaslighting us, locked down the schools. And you did, I'm sure everyone saw the test scores came out. Third graders, it is, it is, it is tragic. It's tragic. I saw in Oregon, it's like, it's like 75% of black and Latino kids. It's extremely bad. Like they don't have the, the core, just the baseline thing to, to, to advance to the next grade. The ACT scores. For the seniors going into college, it's the lowest since 92, 30 years. And, and those are the, you know, the, the, the scores that reflect, hey, are these students even going to be able to pass their basic core requirement classes? And it doesn't look good. But here's the big um, scam about college, especially the diploma mills. There's a lot of diploma mills out there, folks. University of Phoenix, you've never, ever, ever heard of anyone failing out of the University of Phoenix or failing in class because it's a giant scam. The teachers want you to stay in class. Well, the I'll put it this way. The university definitely will punish any teacher who starts failing students and kicking them out so they can't collect any more money. It is a giant money-making machine. Money laundering machine. Guess what? Every student, I think Elon posted this. It's easier to get as an 18-year-old. Think about this. It's easier to get a $100,000 loan to go to college for the major of your choice. It could be pottery. It's easier to get a $100,000 loan to major in pottery and go to college than it is to get a $10,000 loan and start your own pottery business. I don't know what the market is for pots right now, but the way we're going, people aren't even going to have one to piss in. So maybe the pots pots to piss in are us. So that's pretty jacked up. You can't, it's easier to get a $100,000 student loan than it is to get a $10,000 loan to start a food truck. So just going back here, they, they, the, these Democrats, man, it's Saul Linsky's playbook. 
let's say they're destroying democracy while we while we are weaponizing the judicial system for sure, the prosecution system from the DAs to the attorney generals um, to the January 6th committee. And, 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 and we'll say the opposite. I mean, the border, just look, the border, we have rainbow fentanyl coming over. The overdose crisis should be huge. The inflation cost of living is the biggest one and crime. And now they're starting to see, I believe in public safety. I saw Kathy Hockle. I believe in public safety. No kidding. You believe innocent citizens shouldn't be victims of violent crimes? But that's what's happening with your laws. Your laws. And that's why the Democrats are running on abortion and frivolous topics. And Biden's still pulling stuff out. Did you see he pulled out the, uh, I'm going to get rid of um, overdraft fees those pesky concert ticket fees that Live Nation slaps on there, we're gonna we're gonna go after those. That's right. We're gonna we're gonna go after all these little little nickel and dime fees to make your life better. Overdraft fees, they've been going after that for a while. They've been going after the overdraft fees for a while, and in fact they are, from what I understand, 90% lower. Bank of America used to charge 35 bucks. Every time uh, you went over and now it's 10. So I have been in a situation where I went over. I thought it was weird that also, you know, I had money in there and I wouldn't have made the transaction unless there was money in there. And then they sort of shuffle the transactions around and put the big one first. And then they bam, 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 bam. All these little tiny transactions got hit with a $35 fee. I had to call the bank. What is this? This isn't fair. And I got it removed. But there were snakes about it. And people have been talking about this for five years. So Biden's trying to be a man of the people with this. It's just so blatant and obvious. He's trying to just score points, any points that he can. Let's try and get gas as low as possible by releasing another 15 million barrels from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. But that reserve only has 26 days of oils left at at. Because 15 million barrels covers one, one day. So you're tuned in to episode 32 of the Teddy Roosevelt Show. Um, again, election deniers. A lot of people are uh, saying this, and I've hyped on this. There's so many election deniers on the left. But you're allowed to, ca- to question the results of uh, uh, and the validity of the election if you're Hillary Clinton. If you're Stacey Abrams, that's fine. That's totally fine. You won't be called a single name. But if you do the same and you're on the other side of the political fence, well, you're an election denier. So they just make up a label and they have the media and big tech behind them. So they can create the just they 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 create the agenda and they can they can force. I mean, that's that's the biggest disconnect right now is what they want everyone to talk about and what the people in the Beltway class, what they are specifically talking about and what everyone else is talking about in the real world, which I'm talking real world. I'm not, you know, they, they, they barely escape their very elite bubbles and the media 
um, as they go around for fundraisers, kissing ass. They're not, you don't see a lot of these representatives out with their constituents or, or, or meeting with their constituents until about the 90 day period before it's time to vote. But in between them, they're jet setting. So COVID, the fact that Biden's still pushing this, he got his fifth shot, just like Walensky. And we'll remember, he got four shots. He said we're going to have a winner of death and the unvaccinated. We're going to clog all the hospitals. Never apologize for that. I think he owes us an apology. I'm sorry I was wrong. Um, I mean, if he had to issue an apology for everything wrong that he's done, that would be all he'd do every day before he died. He's made so many mistakes. So he gets a shot, encourages everyone to get it. You know, they had this AP fact check and, and the Pfizer guy. No, we never, ever said it will prevent you from getting it or spreading it. Who put that in your who put that silly idea in your head? You guys did. You repeated it ad nauseum on in the in the news, on the media, all the time. What was the point of the mandates or even getting this thing in the first place? So you wouldn't die? Is that what it was? Because that's what you told all the young people who had anyone under seriously 50 who didn't have a comorbidity, a major, a major, uh, you know, was, was in halfway relatively decent shape, had zero chance of dying. I mean, when you talk about kids, all the elementary, high school, college kids that you were mandating, you can't come back to campus. You can't enroll unless you have the vaccine. They had zero chance of dying. No healthy person died from COVID in the United States of America under the age of 50. If they did, we would know their name. They would be repeated all the time. Look at this healthy person, blah, blah, blah. They died from COVID. So they're still pushing this shot. Pfizer, you know, the United States people, there are tax dollars. And it was Trump. I mean, he Trump needs to apologize about everything you do with the vaccine. And it just admit, admit he was wrong. But we gave billions. Handed it out gave it to the CDC, to the FDA, to give to all the big pharma companies, Pfizer, Biotech, Moderna, J&J, you name it, and said, all right, guys, Operation Warp Speed, here's all this money. Get the vaccine to market. Miraculously, they all come up with it at the same time. You know, within a week, oh, we got it. Oh, we got one too. We got one too. Why? They didn't want to get left off the gravy train, folks. Even if it was... 8% effective. If it had any, if it showed a blip on the radar screen, if your Moderna and Pfizer and J&J announced last week they got it, you have a choice. You can either ship the product as is and say it's done or miss out on the billion dollar gravy train of your whole life. So these greedy assholes didn't put public health first during this supposedly awful pandemic. They put their greed first and they didn't want to miss out on the gravy train because if just one vaccine company got it, they would have reaped all the benefits. So everyone else said, oh, ours is good too. Ours is good too. Okay. Now you pitch all the governments, the pros and cons, and uh, you're off to the races. So they have just minted a fortune, all these companies, 
For what? These vaccines are worse than worthless. And when I say worse than worthless, they didn't prevent you from getting it or spreading it. Now it looks like the triple vaccinated are having a lot worse outcome than the unvaccinated in England and Europe. And so what they do, they shut that data off. You can no longer look at that data. How many times have we seen this happen? When the data starts going south and the health system that recommended the vax and required the vax and pushed the vax is in charge of the data and the data looks like the vaccine was awful and they might be implicated in recommending this horrible move, they just delete the data. They just don't share it anymore. It's like with this RSVP, so RSV. So everyone's saying, oh my God, there's a huge surge in pediatric illnesses with the respiratory virus, RSV. We've never seen anything like it. These pediatric pediatric hospitals are being overwhelmed. Okay, well, here's my question. What percentage of these kids in the hospital with RSV have gotten the vaccine, the COVID vaccine? Surely, surely we have that data. Is there any relation between the surge, the spike of kids going into the hospital for RSV and their vaccination status? Inquiring minds want to know. I want to know. I saw one in 500 German kids had to go to the hospital after getting vaccinated. That was the Alex Berenson post on Substack. Speaking of Substack, you can... Follow me at teddybrosevelt.substack.com and this podcast is streaming on all fine streaming platforms everywhere. Spotify, Apple, TuneIn, iHeart. So yeah, there's a, a one in 500 German kids have to go to the hospital, had to go to the hospital after getting vaccine, after getting the vaccine. And here's the crazy thing. Omicron's dying out. Omicron's fading, just like Delta was last year around this time and Omicron was taking over. Now we have two new viruses, COVID XBB variants. COVID XBB, which features 47 different spike protein sequences, 47, and BQ.15.7. So these vaccines are the bivalent, the new one for Delta and Omicron. They're going to be worse than worthless because XBB and BQ1, you probably already have the antibodies. For Delta and Omicron. That's the other thing. You'd think it would be important. Hey, why don't we get your antibodies checked? I, here's another question. What, what does it cost to, to measure your COVID antibodies versus a $135 vaccine? Which is that Pfizer just jacked up the price. That's all I was going to say. These greedy bastards, they've never thanked. We'd like to thank the U.S. taxpayers for giving us billions of dollars to generate this incredible, the most profitable drug of all time that everyone had to take, the most profitable drug of all time. Thank you to the U.S. taxpayers. Without you and your billions of dollars, there's no way we could have rushed this crappy product to market. Nope. They've never thanked us. They took all of our tax money. They kept all the profits. You think they'd give, do a little profit sharing with us? Because... They got all of our tax dollars to figure out how to make it. And then they sold it all around the world. And now they want to turn around after keeping all the profits to, you know, taking all our tax dollars to make it, keeping all the money for themselves. 
they want to turn around and charge us 110, 135 bucks. Insurance companies, they want your insurance company to pay that. So wouldn't you rather just see, hey, how are my antibodies looking heading into this winter? I'm pretty sure an antibody test is equal to or less than the shot. So if you really were on the fence about this shot, wouldn't you want your antibody check first? Would you want to take a, a chance with your fifth shot? I can't believe there's still people taking it. They're fish shots. So what I understand, there's 20 million people who've taken this bivalent shot out of 340 million Americans. So they're looking at it, the big pharma, that's all they need to make a to make a ton of money at 100 bucks a pop. I mean, it's there. It, 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 all you need to do is just get a certain percentage of the suckers to take it. So you're not fully vaccinated, they're saying, unless you're up to date. So right now, the vast majority of Americans, almost 95 percent, 320 million out of 340 million are not vaccinated. So what they've done the public uh, health officials, they've just collapsed all trust in, in, in their institutions, the FDA and the CDC. How can we trust a single word that comes out of their lying mouths ever again? So what it's going to do is have a ripple effect because I'll tell you what, folks, I've gotten the flu vaccine before. I got vaccines when, you know, my parents were in charge. Chicken pox, I think. I don't know. I, I had chicken pox, the actual bumps. But I don't know if I'll ever take another vaccine again. That they, they officially got me off. And I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I have had injections in my body. but And I haven't got the flu shot in, in a long-ass time. But maybe back in the day, if I was going to the doctor just to get a physical or hurt myself doing something, and they'd ask me, hey, did you get your flu shot recently? And I'd go, no. I wouldn't even, yes or no. Yeah, just whatever. It's cold out. Just give it to me. But it's been 10 years. Now, I will never take another vaccine just because I don't trust these people at all. So they're not giving us any data about these pediatric illnesses. I want to know. They're not telling us, you know, the new boosters for Omicron and Delta, but the new variants are XBB and BQ.15.1.7. Sorry, I'm messing that one up. It's a long one. What is the justification for taking this vaccine when Omicron's dying out? Everyone's either had it or they probably have some sort of immunity to it. What's the purpose of taking it? And it seems like anecdotal evidence, the vaccinated are the ones who are getting their ass kicked by COVID. In the summer, I mean, there was a ton of people getting COVID in the summer. I don't know anyone unvaccinated who's getting sick in the summer. So the gaslighting heading into the election. I mean, how much can we take the Trump uh, or the uh, Fetterman Oz debate? How they tried to spin that? I mean, hello, good night. Right from that line, he's sort of, he's disqualified. The fracking I mean, it's it's one of two things. Either he is not mentally competent and fit based on that answer or he's a bold-faced liar. 
who even when confronted with his past statement that he doesn't believe in fracking, insists he believes in fracking. So it, it's, it's, you know, either he is totally, you know, if, if he's totally fine and his cognitive skills are fine, he's a liar and he's a, the worst public speaker ever. And, and for a debate person, you wouldn't want him to run your garage. Just figuring out when trash day is and when the trash has to go out. So I hope he gets better. But they're lying. They're trying to cover up. And the fact they're trying to say, oh, they should have done the Biden strategy. Just should have hit him. Never should have went out, let him out there. They should have just hit him in the basement until the election. He would have had a much better chance. The debate, not showing up to the debate, wouldn't have been an a, a election killer. But showing up to the debate could have been. So they're trying to hide the cognitive ability of a U.S. senator for political gain. That's how that's how sick these people are. They just did it with Biden. And now they're saying, oh, we should have done that with Fetterman. And originally they said, nope, I'm totally fine. Fetterman tweeted from the hospital. I'm totally fine. His doctor gave him an all clear that he's totally fine. And he's obviously not totally fine. So now it's swung to, well, how much of a jerk you are. This is a Rorschach test to see how you treat people with disabilities. Or everyone knows somebody who's had a stroke. Everyone knows how somebody who's had disabilities. We have to make accommodations for people in the workplace. And Fetterman's sort of a, a proof of you know, how we're going to treat disabled people in this country. That's how they're trying to spin it now. It's just such a despicable insult. It's an insult. This is an important political position and that this is a, uh, a fulcrum race that could tip the balance of power in the most important midterm elections ever. Pennsylvania is just one of those states along with Arizona, Nevada, Wisconsin, this uh, Georgia, of course, that's going to determine who controls the Senate. And it really looks like there's going to be a red wave with the House. I really think the Republicans, there's no doubt we're going to take the House. So it's going to come down to the Senate. And a lot of these races are getting tighter. It's just amazing to me how, how everyone's like, oh, my God, the polls are going this way or that. I guess there's some people out there, God bless them, you know, you got families, you're busy. You don't have time or energy at the end of the day to follow it. But when it comes, you know, super close, but when it comes time to cast your ballot and you sit down and you reflect on the previous two years, previous four years, where your life was from the last time you went into the ballot box. Yeah, I can see some people take stock, especially, especially if you've always voted Democrat your whole life, if your parents voted Democrat and now you're finally thinking about switching parties, the whole switching parties thing, that doesn't happen that often where people just say, I'm out of here. Usually you have, you know, you sort of lean where your parents are, where you grew up. You know, if you grew up in a red leaning state, Kansas, you're probably not going to be as much of a flaming Liberal is somebody who grew up in San Francisco and vice versa. You're probably not wearing a, you know, you probably don't have Trump, uh, American flag and a Trump flag hanging out of the back of your truck. 
if you grew up in San Francisco, but you've got people who've grown up in very liberal parts of the country who they look around and they hate what they see. And anytime there's been one of these, I look at uh, Mayor Giuliani in New York, a Republican gets elected in a, in a very Democrat area. It's just because the final straw has been reached with crime, public safety, and trash. And that's what's happening in uh, the most woke cities in America. Portland, I've mentioned the Oregon's governor's race. It is fascinating, and now a lot, a lot, of, a lot of people are talking about it. But I've seen and read interviews with hardcore libs in Portland, and they're voting for Betsy Johnson. The independent who was a former diehard Dem because she's not Trump, but she's not uh, Tina Kotek, who looks like Rachel Maddow's mom, who's going to be business as usual, which means more crime, more homeless, more tents, more businesses shutting down. And it's it's these, you know, Austin's another one. Austin's another one. The 911 situation in Austin should be a national story. If the media was doing their job, the 911 shortage in Austin and the delay, you have a guy on um, Interstate 35, gets an offender bender, both the airbags deploy. He's got his kids in the back seat. The airbag, you know, is pushing him back, him and his wife. He's on the side of the road, but it's one of those skinny medians, the shoulder or skinny shoulder. So there's. 18 wheelers flying by. He doesn't know the condition of his car. He calls 911. They said, sorry, operators are busy. Stand, you know, please stand by and someone from 911 will be on. Do, 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 Honey, do something, do something. He wait, he's on the phone 15 minutes. He hands the phone over to his wife. I think he was on for five. Call back again. Five. Another five. Anyways, 15 minutes total with no one picking up. And he finally starts the car. Doesn't know what condition it's in. And drives it off. Finally gets off the highway. Harrowing. Guy's life is in danger. Other drivers are in danger. And it's 15 minutes. I mean, when somebody has a heart attack, that's the, that's the difference between life and death. And that is a that is that is directly on the Austin uh, City Council and the mayor. Their number one job, you know, I'd say keeping the lights on the the you know keeping the water running and the lights on and everything. Number two or tied for it is public safety and keeping people protected. And they defunded the police, demoralized the police. They're down and out. It's been on foxnews.com. This is a national story. Everyone, they, they interviewed a police officer who wasn't named. Every single person he knows either filed for retirement, filed for transfer, or is getting, getting out of there. They, they're, they're, they're going somewhere else. They're going to Waco. They're going to College Station. They might be going somewhere out of Texas. But I don't care what your job is. If you don't if you not only don't feel respected or appreciated, and keep in mind, these people have the toughest job in town. You have the toughest job in town. And these and, and, this, and the city council and the mayor, they have security detail. They have special protection when they're out. 
these people have the toughest job in town and their bosses have made their jobs tougher by letting criminals out of jail um, and the DA, who they're supposed to be working hand in hand with, puts 19 of them on the stand over the George Floyd tri- uh, 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 um, pushback. Puts 19 cops on the stand. Maybe it was 21. I think he did two more. So, and then not only that, they have the toughest job in town. They demoralize them. They defund them. They call them racist, white supremacist, awful people. And, and, and then they act surprised when crime keeps going up and the 911 call, I mean, the, the, that job, 911 operator in Austin, that job has totally changed in the last two or three years just because the amount of phone calls that get made into 911 and you have to be the person to tell somebody on the other line, Hey, I'm sorry your catalytic converter got shut, uh, sawed off, and I know you have the ring doorbell footage. You've dusted for fingerprints. You've got the guy's driver's license because his wallet fell out, and you have a meth pipe that 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 he did during the uh, sawing. That's a great job collecting evidence there, Encyclopedia Brown. But I don't know if you heard Austin uh, City Council voted to defund the police, and we simply don't have the resources or manpower to send anybody out there right now to to look at it but i've got some good news we have austin 311 the same thing that you'd call if your trash didn't get picked up or uh there was some litter in the green belt yeah you're gonna call that and that's also if you get carjacked in the future by the way um or if you get assaulted if the criminal's not in your view that i don't know about violent crime but it's a shocking list of everything under the sun that's now a 311 call or you you fill on an fill out an online report so where before a, a police would come and do an investigation you get the feeling at least someone had some sympathy or somebody cared dude they're off on a 911 call there's another shooting down on 6th street so that is some harrowing so you've got a lot of people ready to make a major decision in their life. They're abandoning a political party they've been with for their entire life. And people are resistant to change. They don't like change. But how much do you need their awful progressive policies? You have to ask yourself, do we want the rest of our lives to be a living lab experiment for the most extreme, radical, Marxist, progressive ideas that have ever been invented? Because the United States is not good at exporting very many things these days. I mean, shoot, America used to be good at exporting. At least we could say we kick ass at music. Now, who are the biggest artists right now? BTS from South Korea and Harry Styles from England. England always, British Invasion, they've always had some, some great periods of music. But who do we have right now in America? I mean, all the best artists are legacy guys. Look at all the iTunes charts. You'll see some Pearl Jam albums on there. You'll see some Stone Temple Pilots. You'll see Hall and Oates. You'll see Elvis, Elton John. I don't know. The, the only new ones, you'll see maybe Billie Eilish, Casey Musgraves. 
Little Nas X. I don't know. He's a satanic. That's some sad ass shit. Is Little Nas has had one good song. He's like a satanic, and he he you know sort of. He did the country music. What Eminem did to rap, or Elvis did to rap, you could say. So speaking of that, with a Kanye thing, let me uh, I got a I got a I got a hot take on this one. So Kanye's getting canceled. Adidas, uh. Just everyone for his DEFCON 3 comment about Jewish people. And it's interesting that this is undeniable. Jewish people have dominated the music industry studios since the 60s, 70s, 80s. But certainly with rap. Certainly with rap. And... I want to know where has the outrage been, you know, in the black community, amongst the black community, Jewish people have been making millions, hundreds of millions of dollars on Matt on, on rap music that glorifies murder, misogyny, drug use, shooting each other. You know, I, it, it really is up to the black community you know, because they dominate. This is the dominant art form of the black community of the last 25 years. I think it's the only one. There's not a lot of Spike Lee's. I guess Jordan, uh, the guy who did Nope. Um, but it's pretty much hip hop dominating. Jewish people never said anything like, hey, I feel a little guilty about making all this money from music that glorifies a message of murder and drug use and bitches and hoes and look what's happening to the black community in the last, what do we want to say, 40 years since hip-hop, 82, 83, 85 it really hit. Like Run DMC, Aerosmith, Walk This Way, that sort of vaulted it into the mainstream. I think that was like maybe 86, 87. So it's been around 30 years 40 to 30 to 40 years and all the metrics for black, um, excellence, education wise and family wise and church, they're all in the tubes. They're at the lowest ever. And now you have the new COVID numbers. It wasn't the people, the people whose, uh, test scores went down so bad that I don't think they'll ever recover from the two years. Who was it? It was the most progressive schools. Like Oregon was the third worst. They locked down the hardest of anybody and they had the third worst scores in the country, Oregon. And it's a, it's a dude, the parents now are super pissed. How many people are going to switch political parties just because of the COVID thing? Just because of COVID, you shut down schools and made my kid stay at home, and they were depressed, they were sad. I, I bet I bet some parents, their kid, it's, it's a, they, the, their personality permanently changed because your personality is still evolving and changing. And, you know, you have the terrible tool twos and you just have periods where you're going through puberty. You're going through changes like Bobby Brady. When it's time to change, you got to rearrange. So what if, what if you were going through your puberty period, you know, thir- 13 to 14 and, you, and you're stuck at home in Oregon in the rain 
and you can't make friends because you can't see other humans. And your parents are, you know, you're all locked down and, and, and everyone's paranoid and it's rainy and it's cold. And if you do go outside, you have to wear a mask. No wonder the suicide rate is so high and the, and the drug use rate is so high. So the lockdowns, that should be, a, that should be a, a, you know, it should, it should just be a deal breaker to continue to be a Democrat. The fact they're saying, oh, the, the Trump is so bad, Trump is so bad. I mean, seriously, it's, it's got to be boy with cry at wolf. You have to be a really, really diehard Trump hater to not see, oh, wow, they're really coming out with this Trump stuff, isn't it? What a coincidence. It's coming out fast and furious here right before the November 8th midterms. And Kathy Hochul, in her debate, you know, they they try to Zeldin try they they're trying to talk about crime, which everyone in New York is talking about. They're trying to talk talk about the cost of living. And Kathy Hochul's saying, Oh, he's an election denier who supported Trump. If Trump ran, would you or would you not support him? So she again they're trying to make it a referendum on Trump, which that's how Biden won. That is how Biden won. It's not like everyone liked Joe Biden. What was he, fifth in the Iowa caucuses? Fourth? I mean, his his campaign was dead. It was dead until he went to South Carolina and they convinced a lot of black people. Hey, remember Biden? Obama's uh, vice president, so he doesn't he's he doesn't hate black people. He patronizes them, just like his wife with Latinos. They they actually don't have any friends who aren't white. Unless it's a, you know, some sort of political, it's a beneficial thing. And, and, and they're like, okay. And that's how Biden, Biden got back on the train. Then the media is like, all right, Biden's the guy. Cause Bernie was going to win. And you know what? The more it goes on, I, I, I'm really a combination of Bernie and Trump. I, I don't even know what my party is right now because a lot of stuff that Bernie says and I don't think he, I don't know if he, he just doesn't have the, uh, I don't think he has the logistics to put it into place, but a lot of what he's saying is true where people are just, um, if you're under 30, God bless you. I don't even know if the American dream exists for you. So one thing I was going to, I was going to say about the colleges, it's a giant money laundering, um, scam where they don't care what you major in. They want you to just keep passing and keep spending your student loan money on tuition, which is the teacher's salary. And it's a giant game, especially in gender studies. I would love to see some data. The percentage of students who have failed out of gender studies, I bet it's 0.0%. Because anyone who's in there is a purple-haired, far-left liberal who's going to agree with everything the professor says. They're going to have a... 58 genders exist party and no one fails. So that's the deal with these ACTs. The scores are absolutely atrocious. They're like, these students aren't even going to be able to do the core requirements. Well, guess what? We're lowering all the standards. You don't have to take SATs to get into a lot of these schools or ACTs. In fact, they're racist. So... It's a, it's going to be a giant scam. We're just going to have, and that's what they want. Why would you want an informed electorate 
when they could push back on the vaccines or the bullshit that is all of January 6th, an informed electorate might do their own research and say, hey, you know what? You know who's destroying democracy? You, you Democrats, the party of slavery. You guys are weaponizing the FBI to go after your political opponents like we're some banana republic. You raided Mar-a-Lago. You subpoenaed the president for what? I mean, that's why this midterm is so important, folks. If we flip the tables and we got some new folks coming in there like J.D. Vance, Blake Masters, we're going to flip the table and put these bastards on on the stand and have some hearings. Let's have some hearings about who covered up the Hunter Biden laptop thing. Who at the FBI offered a million dollars. What? Can you believe that just got thrown out? The Igor, whatever. They made everything up and they I think they just got a fine. $100,000 fine. So the whole thing is the test scores can continue to suck. Our populace could get dumber and dumber every year. And the Marxists are happy. This is a great development. This is just one of the many incredibly um, beneficial things that have happened to our society because of COVID. Everyone's getting dumber, which means they're going to not be able to do their own research. They're going to have to trust everything the government says. So when they tell you to get your eighth COVID shot, your first monkeypox shot, your new oral. That's right. China just rolled out the oral COVID shot. They missed you now. So they want a bunch of docile, complacent sheep who are going to lie up, line up and do whatever they say. They want Uncle Sam, big, big daddy government to protect them. And it's the same people who are still wearing masks. I see these people. I just have just I can tell they can tell in my face because I don't try to disguise it. Just contempt, scorn and ridicule. And I don't try to hide it. In fact, I try and exaggerate it like. You and I'm like, um, if I see somebody wearing just a regular mask, I tell them those masks don't do anything. If you want to protect yourself from covid, you get yourself a tight fitting N95 mask. And I say that, of course, not wearing a mask. But I tell them, hey, if you're going to virtue signal in public, I don't tell them this part. But I just say to myself, hey, if you're going to wear that mask in public and virtue signal to everybody, it's obvious you don't want to get COVID, you're doing it the wrong way. Those masks don't prevent you. You want to get a tight, nice and tight. Make sure that that air is not going in there uh, too good. Get yourself a nice, tight, oxygen, uh, diminishing, reducing mask, and you wear that on your face day and night. I want you sleeping with it. I want you wearing that thing to bed. I want you wearing that in the shower. So, I, I mean, anyone still wearing a mask? It, it, it's the same thing with COVID. And Biden, you know, only only 20 million people have taken it out of 340 million people. So we're all anti-vaxxers now. No one trusts the science. We went from everyone trusting the science and you're bad if you don't take it to I'm not taking that shit. My kid's not taking that shit. So we have not had a national reckoning. We have not had a national reckoning. They're finally, I saw the New York Supreme Court or someone in New York, they said New York was wrong. It was illegal to fire all these unvaccinated workers. 
The mandate was totally unjustified. Not only do all these workers get their jobs back, they get back pay. They get paid up until the, you know, the whole time they were laid off. New York appealed it. Kathy Hochul and company, they appealed it. So they still haven't admitted that they're wrong. There should be these type of lawsuits, and I hope there are, all over the country. If I was a college student, dude, if they forced me to take it, I guarantee there is a lot of people out there, if they could snap their fingers, they have vaccine regret. If they could snap their fingers and get it out, they get it out. Why did I do that? I'd rather just be sick for two or three days. Why did I even risk myocarditis? Why? I would be suing if, if I lost my job because of the vax. Oh, my God. I, I mean, the dollar amount, the pain, the anguish. We have not had a national reckoning. I mean, it was two years ago and even last year that people were saying you can't come to Christmas because you're not vaxxed. You know, you can come to Christmas, but you have to get tested and isolate for 72 hours and blah, 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 blah. We have not had a national reckoning where the government and the left, it was all the left, apologized for treating us that like, 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 like subhumans. It was the two minutes of hate. You know, it was very revealing. Matt Taibbi, I've mentioned it before. He's my favorite writer in America right now. That's how I just discovered Substack in the first place. Matt Taibbi was the first guy there and he's rolling it. He's raking it in, man. He went from... Rolling Stone, what's the Rolling Stone writer make? He was the number one writer. Let's just say 150000 He's now making $150,000 a day, I think. He's making well over a million bucks a month, well over $10 million a year. So he interviewed Tim Robbins. Tim Robbins, the actor, Shawshank Redemption, of course, Andy Dufresne. One of the most liberal guys, his wife is Susan Sarandon, one of the most liberal guys in... Hollywood. I actually saw him on stage. He played with Pearl Jam. I'm a huge Pearl Jam fan. I've seen him live 15 times. More than any other band. Pearl Jam and U2. Back when U2 had their fastball. And I've seen him live. He interviewed Matt with Matt Taibbi. He said he's he's totally changed. Uh, his thoughts have changed. He used to be this diehard liberal. And COVID changed him. Just the way he's looking around at how the left and the liberals were treating people who were unvaccinated. He goes, he goes, what about people who are already immunocompromised? They didn't want to take it. What about people who are just holistic and they just don't take any medicine at all? I mean, I, I, I've met a lot of hippies. I mean, that's the thing. It's, it's like, on a political spectrum scale, like the farthest left people arguably would be like, not farthest left. I mean, those are the Marxists, but those are fascists. But the people I like on the left, like hippies, people who live off the land. Um, I espouse a lot of these virtues myself. They don't, they don't want to inject that. And they mostly vote Democrat. You know, the liberal values, left values. They don't like that. They didn't want to take that. So Tim Robbins is just saying, hey, man, there's people who are just holistic. They didn't want to take it. Or maybe they just it's an uncertain medication and they just want to see more proof. And he says in his industry, you know, it was worse than ever. You couldn't 
you know, if you if, if you were a camera guy, if you were a, just an extra, um, you could not step within a half mile of a Hollywood set without being fully vaxxed. And then and then you've got actors, the most and actresses, the most narcissistic people on earth. So you have that their virtue signaling and also, oh, well, they don't want to get germs from someone who's not as clean and healthy and, and lower on the food chain than them. So you could imagine. But that toxic um, hate, he, he told, uh, I encourage everyone to read it. It's on Matt Taibbi's Substack. But Tim Robbins says, yeah, the whole COVID thing, I've really just, um, it, it just changed my thinking on a whole lot of things. And I think he really got turned off uh, to a huge chunk of the far left. And it's that's what I'm calling the Oregon race, this canary in the coal mine, where do you really want to spend the rest of your life you know, living in poverty and stress, because that's what it's going to, folks. With with two more years of Biden, you're not going to be able to, there, no road trips, no nothing. It's, 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 like I said, pots to piss in our us. I might, I might start a pot, a pottery studio to uh, give people pots to piss in. Um, if Biden, if, you know, if the midterms don't go our way, that's going to be my new plan, because you can get the clay for free. So it, 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 there's a fracture. And that's the thing with the, the Saul Linsky playbook. They're saying Liz Cheney goes, oh, uh, someone said, oh, the, the, the best thing Liz Cheney could do, she could break up the GOP. The GOP is ready to fracture in half. If Liz Cheney ran against Trump um, for the Republican nominee in all 50 states, that would break everything up. Someone actually is that clueless that they actually had that thought come into their brain and they said, oh yeah, I think a lot of other people, this will this will get me some dopamine hits from likes and retweets. Liz Cheney could fracture the uh, GOP. That they're, they're living in fantasy world. Beltway, GOP, Trump hate, fan fiction, fantasy world. When you look, all of the evidence is very, very clear that it's the Democrat party that this particular election could send fractures. Um, it, it could fracture them for good. The, because people who are reasonable, liberal, left Dems see what the radical far-left Marxists are doing, and they have to live in that sewage in Portland, in Seattle, in San Francisco, in LA. So if you didn't already leave and just say, I, don't, I can't deal with this stuff, even if you voted, I'm going to Texas. I'm going to Boise. Um, you have a choice. You can either keep voting the same way and you know in your heart and soul it's going to get worse or you have to vote for somebody new. So... They never thought a Republican could be governor again. We went from two years ago, Andrew Cuomo was going to be running for president. And there were Cuomo sexuals there. Oh, I love Andrew Cuomo. He always was a douche from day one. Everything he lied. He killed a lot of grandmas, thousands of grandmas with his nursing home thing. Said we needed ventilators. There's going to be too many people die if we don't have enough ventilators. Trump sent him all the ventilators he needed. Trump, they turned the Javits Center into a giant uh, emergency room. 
They brought a freaking naval tanker ship into the harbor. They didn't use any of it. It was all a lie to get more money. And you look back, another guy uh, has a great substack this week. Jordan, what the hell's his last name? It starts with an S, Shassel, Schnassel, S-C-H. He's all over Twitter. He's on my list of things to, to, list of substacks to follow. But you look back at this event 201. Remember when they sort of game planned? They didn't sort of, they did. They game planned the pandemic. Bill Gates, John Hopkins. Man, you look back on that list of characters and every single person stood to make an insane amount of money. An insane amount of money on that deal. If, if it went through and it was all the, the stakeholders and you just look, the, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, Pfizer, uh, a, a mask maker, a test, test maker, it was all people who stood to make a ton of money. So we need to have hearings on that. I mean, everything the Democrats did, shut down the economy, COVID, is gonna ha- it's, it's having lingering ramifications that will be felt for decades. Certainly when you, a, a, a whole generation of students in certain states loses two years of in-person learning, that's going to have an impact on everything. And psycholo- psychologists are saying that the kids are less creative, less outgoing, less social. Yeah, they're probably just shell-shocked over everything that happened and they don't know who to believe and what's right and what's wrong. I'm a grown grown man. And I, you know, I was losing my mind. And now I sort of feel I, I have to believe. I mean, if, if Fetterman wins Senate for PA, I seriously might look at moving to another country for the first time ever. If they take control, I'm serious. I, for the first time ever, if the Democrats uh, retain power, I mean, I'm not staying on this ship as it goes. the whole thing goes down. I mean, I might even take my chances in freaking Mexico with the cartels. I mean, at least with the cartels, you know where you know where they stand. Um, Southeast Asia, Thailand. I don't know. No, we got to stay and fight here, folks. We got to start charging them with crimes. When are we putting Hillary on the stand? Hunter Biden. These investigations. I mean, they are coming at Trump every which way, and. There's a lot of angst on the left for good reason because they have no idea what's coming. Do you believe the polls? The polls are, are saying there's going to be a red wave or they're, they're spun, sp, you know, spelling doom for the Dems. I think the polls are way off. I think people are ultra pissed. And I think there are a ton of people. The reason why they're thinking it's close is people are... It's a big decision. If you're saying, I'm switching parties... And a lot of people, they don't want to go extreme. They're not going to go from one to the other. They're going to go independent, which to me, I was a registered independent for a while. It's just you got to pick one or the other um, so you could vote in the primaries. So you can at least get the person who matches your values the closest. Now, some states, if you're independent, you can vote in the primaries. But I mean, from a political, you know, 
where I am in the political aisle, I would be an independent. But I mean, as far as there's there's no choice um, in this election. The Democrats will make your life way worse. And the Republicans will at least try and restore some sort of level of sanity with the crime and oil and energy. Because the way Biden's going, there's not going to be any more investment in oil and gas. He's trying to blame them. Why would you invest money in something that takes 40 or 50 million years to return if you don't know who the presidents are going to be for the next 40 to 50 years? That would be a horrible business idea. Biden's never been in business. That's why he's yelling at the gas. Hey, you greedy gas station owners. Just quit, quit trying to um, take advantage of the American people by raising gas prices. Dude, look across the street, look around. Everyone knows they make their money off the soda, the big gulp, coffee, sandwiches. The, it's almost like a loss leader. It's like, like they break even. Like, here's gas. We'll make a nickel a gallon off of it and then come into the store. And that's where we really make some cash. Biden has no idea how anything works. With the, with the, if he did, he wouldn't have canceled the Keystone XL pipeline on his first day in office. That was, that was, that was number one. So we still have time to, to, to save the country, folks. We really do. Number one is mid, you know, take back the House and take back the Senate. And then we can start putting through common sense legislation. Biden won't get anything done. Then we bring in a Republican president and we start cranking out oil again. Because it comes back to it doesn't make any sense. If we're all doing this to save the climate with oil. And oil is the same, a barrel of oil here in Saudi Arabia. The worst thing to do for the climate would be to get oil from halfway around the world and ship it over here on a diesel-powered oil tanker. Just right there alone. Well, the one thing if we're saving the climate is we don't have to ship it anywhere if we get it from here. We just put it on a, you know, it goes right to the refinery and then we can put it on a truck and take it to its final destination. So one thing I have to mention where Teddy was wrong and Teddy was right. Teddy was so wrong um, when I when I mentioned the oil barrels. And I had read an analogy about the material wealth and 30% in the bottom of the barrel. I thought it was literal. Like they burned the barrels and that was like the resin at the bottom and then they sent it off and that's what they used. No, no, no. It was a metaphor. It was a figure of speech. Like 70% of a typical barrel gets burned, the other 30% is used for polymers and pharmaceutical drugs and a million other things. So I thought it was just resin they scraped off the bottom and that's what they used. I was so wrong. But for the most part, Teddy's really, really right. What else do we want to go over here, folks? It's hour and seven minutes. Uh, sort of flew by. Um, let's just see here. Strategic uh, Petroleum Reserve. I want to point out the world uses 90 million barrels of oil a day. The USA uses 15 to 20 million barrels a day. Right now we produce 12 million. 
thanks to Biden. So we're, we used to be energy independent. Now we're at negative 8 million barrels on an import-export. We're negative 8 million barrels. We have to get that from somewhere else. We use 20 million. We only make 12. We've got the SPR at a 40-year low. The maximum to fill that bad boy up, and it's like four salt cave caverns. It's pretty fascinating to read about in Louisiana and Texas, right near the refineries. The max was 714 million barrels to fill up these these salt caves. And so it's it's it, it was genius how they set it up because it's right near the refineries in Louisiana and Texas. If they need to rapidly get it or refill it, it's all right there. When oil was super low under Trump, Trump goes, hey, what a great time. Why don't we fill this bad boy to the rim? Democrats shot him down. Trump goes, this is a perfect time to fill it back up to 714 million barrels. They shot him down. So now we have 26 days left, 25 days left after Biden taps it for 15 million more. It sounds like a lot. 15 million barrels. It's barely one day. I've read between 15 and 20 million barrels we need per day. So he's just trying one last thing to maybe get gas down on the day you go to the to vote. And now there's weird stuff going on. Definitely weird stuff where the hackers breached the Iran Atomic Energy Agency and supposedly leaked emails that Russia plans a nuclear uh, thing in Iran. So there's some just, dude, they're accusing each other of the dirty bomb. Have you seen that? Russia says, oh, Ukraine's going to use a dirty bomb on their own people and say we did it and then use that to get all the other NATO countries to either get involved militarily to respond or to give us more money and weapons. And um, Ukraine says, oh, no, Russia's actually going to release that bomb and then accuse us of the dirty bomb. And then that way, they're they're accusing something. Something's going to happen soon with a dirty bomb. And then they're going to both blame each other. Oh, that was a false flag. That was this. That was that. It, it just creeps me out how, how they're trying to get Iran in here. So they just had more protests for the woman who, I think she was arrested protesting against wearing a headscarf. They took her into custody. She died in custody and everyone freaked out. So Iran has a lot of oil. Now they're saying Russia's doing something with a nuke, with Iran's uh, atomic energy thing. And I don't get every everything, but the hackers released a bunch of stuff linking Iran and Russia. The hackers were probably a state, whoever wanted it out, to say, well, Iran's providing suicide drones to Russia. Russia's helping them with, with nukes. So obviously, and then if there's a color revolution or the time is right, The United States can come in and make sure they put in the government that they want. How many times has it happened, folks? How many times has it happened? And you can't force democracy down people's throats if we haven't learned that by now. Some people are just, they've been ruled by dictators or a strong-armed jerk for a thousand years, and that's how they want it. And that's how they have to run it. Because when they set up their government, there's so much corruption that they don't have a democracy. It's turning into what we have over here. 
It's like in Mexico with uh, the the judicial system and the police. I mean, it's all bribes and paid off stuff. All South America, bribes and paid off. Ukraine. And that's the thing. Ukraine is so corrupt. And we keep giving them cash. There's no accountability. Zelensky's a schmuck. So... They, the, the, the Democrats screwed us. They wouldn't let us refill it. Um, trying to think. It's getting a little long here. Um, congratulations to Pepsi and Coke. I, I, they both announced we rose, pr- rose prices. Pepsi 17%. Coke 24%. And the sales are the exact same. They go, oh, it's the resiliency of the American consumer. And, you know, they love our brand and our product. No, you have two of the most addictive poisonous substances, certainly addictive, caffeine and sugar, and certainly poisonous sugar. So two of the most profitable companies in America are all, are the two biggest contributors to diabetes, type one and type two diabetes. And I just drove through some of the fattest states in America, man. We have an obesity crisis we have an obesity crisis. Have you li- dri- dri- driven through Mississippi before? Recently? My goodness. They're all looking at me weird. I'm like, what? what's going on? Did I forget to put on clothes? No, they haven't seen anyone who's like with a 32 or 34 inch waist probably in person this century. So they never talk about that. Still haven't heard Biden, Fauci, CDC encourage Americans to maybe not drink Pepsi and Coke so much or any soda. I mean, if you would have told me 30 years ago, McDonald's would be advertising to have a big, large Coke for breakfast. A lot of Americans drink soda for breakfast. We used to drink orange juice and milk. People still drink coffee, but the kind that you get at Starbucks is closer to a milkshake, a vanilla shake. A lot of people, you look at the carb, uh, the uh, carbs and the sugar on a Starbucks drink, it's horrifying. It's horrifying. It's worse than Coke. People are like, oh, well, it's my little treat. I'm going to work and it's got caffeine and I'm a busy, productive worker bee. So I can get this frappuccino, caramel frappuccino. And it's, it's my little indulgence. I know it's not super healthy, but it's my little. No, that has more sugar than than Coke. I mean, it's literally a gut bomb of caffeine and sugar. And so Pepsi and Coke. Congratulations, guys. Keep raking it in. Um, What else do we got? I think that's about it. The Kanye thing, I don't even know if I finished the, uh, the statement, but I will end on this super hot take. So Kanye got dropped by Adidas. And again, I was talking about the Jewish people in the music industry. Didn't say a peep about making profits and money off music with an awful message. And the left and the Democrats, they never mention it too. Even during the Me Too movement, even during hashtag Me Too, we did not have a referendum on misogyny in hip hop. Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg is now Corona Pitchman. Deodorant Pitchman, Martha Stewart Pitchman. Go listen to Snoop Dogg Doggy Style 
And I love that album. And it's sort of joking. I didn't, you don't take what he's saying serious, but he was calling women bitches a lot and degrading them. But I guess, I don't know. Snoop's in a, a category, I think, now with like Charles Barkley. Um, used to be Howard Stern. Now Howard's gone off the plantation reservation. But he, he can pretty much say whatever he wants. Kanye used to be. But you can't say anything about Jewish people. That is the off limits. You can wear the White Lives Matter thing and piss off black people. But I just don't understand how there hasn't been a single word from Jewish people or anyone on the left. Um, not only about black rap music, murder, drugs, violence, misogyny. But now they're trying to say Elon with his tweet about um, how what what Ukraine should do to end the war? Should there be diplomacy? They're saying, well, Elon's a, a water carrier for Putin and going after Ukraine's Jewish president. And then Trump said something about about Jewish people. So they're saying, oh, the GOP is the party of anti-Semitism. Elon, Trump, and Kanye, which I don't think Kanye is officially GOP. Um, but they're not talking about the most violent, intense anti-Semitism is definitely on the left. There's no doubt. Look, look, just look at what the squad has said. The BDS movement, boycott, divest, and sanction. The, uh, the Republicans are pro-Israel. Um, the GOP, uh, pro-Jewish people. I, I've never heard this before. I mean, Kanye has said some pretty provocative things. And he, he, he might just be on a a bipolar thing or a mental thing because he's really just trying to provoke people. But I think it's good because he's starting a conversation. He's starting a conversation about hypocrisy and double standards. That's what he's doing. But again, accuse your opponent of that, what you're doing. The most virulent anti-Semitism is on college campuses. It's on the left. They're pro-Palestinian. They use words like apartheid and they equate Israel to South Africa. So it's all about power and shutting people up and just saying, hey, you cannot, if you're an ath or an entertainer, you know, if you're in the Hollywood realm, do not criticize Jewish people. That is off limits. That is off limits. In fact, that's the party of anti-Semitism. But they don't say a peep to everyone who's anti-Israel promoting the BDS. Why? Because there's a lot of truth. There is a lot of truth to what they're saying. Some of it. I mean, just the way that they put Israel down there. If you read, um, they kick some people off their land. When you, when you, you, you get kicked off your own land... I mean, just imagine that if you have your house, if you're listening to this a house or whatever, someone kicks you off your land and then somebody is like your sworn enemy, they get the land and you go, hey, that's not fair. And the world's like, well, that's how it is. It's World War II just ended and they get they get this back. And the Bible says that they're supposed to return here. And you believe in the Quran. Oh, it's going to cause uh, some suicide bombers. It's going to cause you, you understand why, why they're a little angry. They don't even want to open up that can of worms. That's why they're not condemning that. It's much easier to just cancel Kanye 
and cancel his contracts than to have a conversation about what he's saying. Which, Jewish people make billions of dollars off hip-hop music, and they have over 30 years, for a message that's been incredibly harmful and damaging to the black people. Do they not have a heart? Do they not have a soul? Do they feel good when they go to bed at night? knowing that they are getting rich off black people dying, killing each other, promoting just gang culture instead of a, a wholesome, healthy, productive life. That should be a conversation that we're having if we had a real media. Um, what do we hear? 120, I think I'm going to go. We got w- one more topic here. Rishi Sunak, I mean... If you think we have it bad in the United States with Biden, I guess I guess we could look across the pond and be like, well, we haven't had that year. Um, this Rishi Sunak, I mean, he is a globalist. Klaus Schwab is chuckling. Yes, yes. They're saying, oh, he was the first person of color, whatever. He has a net worth of $826 million, him and his wife. They're two of the top 250 wealthiest Families, they're, they're, you know, they're, they're combined wealth in America or in uh, the UK and up there in the world. I mean, this guy is worked for, he was a hedge fund guy from Goldman Sachs who married into wealth and he personally is wealthy. They're worth almost a billion dollars. And the UK is going through this horrible economic situation where people are literally choosing between heating and eating. And this guy's going to come up and say, hey, I feel your pain. I understand what you're going through. I'm only worth $826 million, but I know what it's like to have to eat ramen noodles when you're, you know, on a Thursday night when you're waiting for that paycheck on Friday. So don't worry. Boris wasn't good. Liz Trust wasn't good. But the third time around, I got it. Yeah, if you're in the UK, you just got to be shaking your head like, meet the new boss, same as the old boss. Who cares? Tory, labor. It's almost like what I feel here. And that's why Trump won. So what else? The uh, Another thing, it's the midterms. I should go a little bit longer. They're trying to figure out how come the Inflation Reduction Act didn't strike a chord with Americans that are going up to the left. Hey, do you know that? Inflation Reduction Act provided $375 billion in incentives to accelerate solar and wind and transition us from oil, coal, natural gas. They're like, no, I didn't know that. And they're like, well, well, that's proof we have to play offense. Well, all it is is proof is that the Inflation Reduction Act wasn't anything to do with inflation reduction. It was all giant government spending after we just handed out free money like drunken sailors because of COVID. PPP loan, fraud money. And now we're just handing out all these incentives to green energy company companies. Why don't we just let the market take its course? When the technology becomes viable and efficient, cost efficient, The market will just take over. That's just how it is. You don't have to create the demand. But they're trying to accelerate this way too quick. And and now they're going to create laws that are going to make your life way worse. Like I'm reading about all these people in 
on the West Coast who live in cities, they, oh, I'm going to be woke and buy an electric car. Well, you live in an apartment. Well, there's no way to, on a rainy day in Portland, to, to, to run your cord out to the street to charge your car. So you've got to go to the public stations. So everyone they're talking to, they're like, yeah, every time I go, there's like 18 cars for one station. If it's a busy time or, hey, it's Monday morning and you're charging up and you're for a week of work or Sunday, you know, they go, they have to go at bizarre, strange times or else they're waiting in line for hours. And they say they're constantly in a situation where they're down to like 15 14, 12 miles and they have to stop everything and go find a charger and charge it because otherwise they're going to get stuck. And that's your life, dude. If your car runs out of gas or runs out of juice in the middle of the freeway, you're probably going to get rear-ended. I mean, you're, you're talking about putting your life in danger. So now Portland is going to require, what do you think this is going to do to the cost of living? Any new, anyone who wants to build a new building, apartment, residential, commercial, 50% of all parking spaces have to have a electric vehicle charger. I think they call it a level two charger. So half the spaces, you know, if you have an apartment complex in the suburbs of Portland or whatever, let's just say you have 300 spaces, they want you to put 150 electric vehicle chargers at 10,000 bucks a pop. And I think outside, that's the inside one. I think outside it's even more. So what's that going to do to the average person's rent? And they're saying if you have six spaces or fewer, you're just an office complex or you're downtown or something, all the spaces have to have it. So, and think about like the wiring underneath the permitting, all the wiring wiring to send the voltage underneath. So you're either going to have people who say it's not worth it or that's not my forte or the cost of putting the electric vehicle chargers in is going to be too much or the rent is going to get jacked up because they're not just going to eat those costs. So again, they want to shove this down your throat. The only way to shove it down your throat, the electric vehicle thing, is to give away 375 billion incentives. There's tons of incentives for buying a, a vehicle. I think it's 7,500 bucks. The people who make them get free money. The people who buy them get free money. They just spent all this money to build out the network of chargers. And now you're going to require the construction people. You have to put these in your parking lot or you're not meeting code. So this is not how market forces work. This is not supply and demand. This is artificial. We think the planet's going to melt at 6.5 billion years old. But we're so narcissistic and stupid when it comes to science that we think we're, it's all going to melt during our lifetime so we have to accelerate. And the thing that's going to save us is switching from electric vehicles to gas vehicles. And in order to do that, we're going to have to make everyone's lives way worse, way more expensive. It all comes back to power and money. Power and money. And, and, and you know, oil and gas guys, they donate to the GOP. So how can we get a ton of money and influence with the Democrats? 
Well, it's simple. We just switched from a carbon-based society that has gotten us our 100 years of prosperity and our whole society is built on, and we just say, screw you, rich oil and gas guys. We're transitioning over to the super-woke, young, liberal, tech-savvy, clean energy guys, even though we haven't even figured out how to do it yet, much less recycle it. And every 20 years, there's going to be billions of tons of toxic waste. Even though that all is, is, is true, we're making it happen right now. So they don't care. if it, they, they will punish us, every single American, with the cost of just travel, getting around, throwing incentives around, punishing the good old reliable energy guys and handing out free money for people who can't barely even generate a kilowatt or a megawatt because it's ultimately all about power because the clean energy guys are going to keep donating to the Dems to keep giving them handouts and accelerate this timeline. And if the Dems stay in power, I hate to say it, but the rest of our lives are just going to be the pain and suffering of being the generation that was stupid enough to make a transition from the greatest source of energy ever into this uncertain, stupid future without any plan. It's going to be bad. There will be people starve to death. People will suffer. There's going to be a lot more homelessness. You really can't stress the importance of these midterms for the future of the of the country. And it really I, 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 the media. The, I mean, the best thing to do now is just don't pay attention. I do just to get a kick out of how clueless they are and what how bad they're lying to us. And I mean, if the vaccine thing, hey. They all promised us. There's a huge montage of all those people saying you need to get it so you won't get infected or spread it to anybody. And now they're saying they didn't say it. Man, if that's not the worst anyone's ever got gaslit ever. I don't know what is. So we're coming up. 90 minutes. Longest episode in Teddy Roosevelt history. Episode 32. Coming at you Thursday, all October 27th from a national forest on the forgotten coast of Florida. Teddy has decided Florida's the final frontier. I've lived in over a dozen states, all the big ones, California, Texas, New York, Colorado, Pennsylvania. Florida's the final frontier, folks. No reason not to come to Florida. So I'm recording this from Tate's Hell State Forest, Probably about 10 miles off the, about five miles off the coast. Just, I haven't seen anybody since I pulled up here to camp last night. I haven't seen anyone all day. It's a, it's a, it's such, such a great thing. America is amazing how much you can totally switch up your latitude and your attitude with just a couple thousand miles of driving, maybe even a couple hundred miles of where you're driving. That's the best part about America is it you're stuck if you're in one of these other countries. If you're in England and you're like, I don't want another one of these wankers to make my life miserable, I'm going to Denmark. 
and well, now all the EU's the same. But you can't easily travel. I mean, the distance I went from Flagstaff to Florida, if you drove from London through the channel over to Paris, I mean, you could probably drive from London to Moscow. But I stayed in the same country, the United States, didn't have to get passports, didn't have to go through a travel check. But just driving through the Gulf Coast, Pensacola, Destin, Seaside, Dude, just DeSantis signs all over. There are three Air Force bases right there, so they're a little biased. Just beautiful powder white sugar sand. The clearest blue waters. And you're like, man, America is awesome. The United States is awesome. That you just have the freedom to say, I don't like where I'm living right now. I'm going to go somewhere else. And uh, it looks like Florida's a place to be, folks, this century. We'll see what happens, but I have a real good feeling it's going to be tsunami effect across the board, folks. Local, state, it is going to be the referendum election that we've all been waiting for. Get your popcorn ready. Teddy will be back. I've got to hit the road. Try to figure out where I'm going to live. Every time I come down to Florida, there's been an itinerary. Well, you're on spring break. You're with your parents. You're on a business trip. You've got five days. You want to see this, 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 and this. And you got to go. This, I've been to parts of Florida I've never been. Um, and I'm going to take my time. And, you know, I'm on the Forgotten Coast. So no one goes to the Forgotten Coast down by Port St. Joe. And uh, it's, it's, it's special. It's magical. If I had a job down here, I would just stay here. Um, it's beautiful, folks. Anyways, episode 32, Teddy, signing off. Have a great day. Bye.